I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, Managing Editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine, and today we're talking tourism. It's no secret that one of New Orleans' hardest hit sectors by the current pandemic is hospitality and tourism. And a big chunk of those visitors every year are a result of the Ernest N. Morial Convention Center. With 1.1 million square feet of prime contiguous exhibit space, our award-winning convention center is the sixth largest convention facility in the nation and consistently ranks in the country's top 10 of facilities that hold the most conventions and trade shows annually. COVID-19 has hit an interesting time for the Convention Center. We're in the second year of a five-year, $557 million comprehensive renovation and modernization plan that aims to establish the center's competitiveness for many years to come. To provide an update on this plan and the present and future of the Convention Center, joining me today is President and General Manager Michael Sawaya and Jerry Reyes, who in June was appointed by Governor John Bell Edwards as the new president of the Ernest and Morial New Orleans Exhibition Hall Authority, the Governing Center. Michael has been a familiar sight in Biz New Orleans magazine, including as one of our business people of the year for 2018. And Reyes is a seasoned hospitality professional with more than 20 years of industry experience and currently serves as the general manager of the Weston Canal Place Hotel a position he has held for three years. Under his leadership, the Weston recently completed a $30 million revitalization. He's also served as an assistant professor at UNO for the past two years. Welcome, Michael and Jerry. Thank Good morning. You. Thank you, Kim. Good morning. <laughs> We're excited to talk to you guys. Um, so let's, let's, let's get the bad news out of the way first. Um, how's the convention center been affected by the current pandemic? Well, uh, as as has been reported widely, you know, we are serving in a role as a uh, medical monitoring station. And uh, as a result of that, you know, we uh, we haven't been able to hold meetings in the convention center. There's been some pretty significant uh, impact on our business volume, which in turn, of course, has a significant impact on the overall market in New Orleans. And I'll let Jerry speak to that. But uh, suffice it to say that our, our role in the community has changed. We've gone from being uh, an economic impact generator to being one who is very involved in the recovery from this pandemic. Jerry? Well, you know, as, as Mike mentioned, we have definitely seen, you know, a significant impact. And, um, you know, the center has a huge domino effect on everything that happens uh, uh, within the hospitality industry, not just for uh, the hotels, but the restaurants, the uh, purveyors or providers of, of all the products that we use. But just to provide a little bit of context, you know, in, in Louisiana, uh, if we compare weekly travel spending to the same time last year, each week has been at or nearly 50% less uh, in spending. Uh, so this represents an average of $8 million a week in federal tax revenue and $4 million a week in state tax revenue and also, you know, probably just over a million a week and local tax revenue. This is this is significant, um, you know. And uh, obviously, there's some significant impact that has been directly 
uh, correlated with the, uh, you know, the loss of business um, that in this current year. So uh, this year so far, and, and Mike can correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had about 117, um, you know, uh, groups uh, that have been impacted. And that results in uh, just over a $1.6 million impact, uh, economic impact directly to our city. So uh, it is significantly felt, um, but obviously uh, uh, that's the bad news, but we do have some bright news uh, ahead uh, uh, in the future for our, our center and our city and the, everything that it impacts. Jerry, if I might add, uh, the economic impact to New Orleans overall from the loss of 117 events is $1.6 billion. And I think what that does also is speak to the tremendous impact of tourism on our local market. It is the top industry in New Orleans, one of the top certainly in the region and in the state. But taking a $1.6 billion economic hit, really, uh, not only does it highlight the devastation of that, but it also speaks to what that means year in, year out for New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, that that carries through. So that's, you know, restaurants, that's, you know, tour companies, that's, you know, everybody um, within the city that, that gets hit in some way. Um, so and so right now, though, you've got um, you're still having some you still have some beds at the convention center. We do. Uh, we're, we're still serving in a role as a medical, medical monitoring station, and there's uh, about 250 beds. I want to say the last count, there were 25 patients in the, who are uh, uh, transitioning from uh, that facility to before they actually are, uh, are sent home. And, of course, you know, we have staff who have to work in the building, you know, and uh, we're following all the safety protocols as much as we certainly uh, can and doing uh, work in the building. I have about 250 people in the building. They were keeping the building running during this time as well, uh, doing uh, essential work so that uh, when the recovery eventually does happen, that we'll be ready to go. We have about 500 total employees that we've managed to keep on the payroll, full salary and benefits throughout this period. But uh, certainly something that is unprecedented. Uh, but uh, we're, we're focused right now on, on the future and what it means to recover from this crisis. And there's that's a lot of businesses are doing that. They're taking this time to kind of step back and think about the future and do renovations. And of course, you guys are already in the middle of all of that. So can you talk a little bit about what's going on that this is kind of maybe kind of an opportunity? Uh, it's it, it hits, like I said, in, in, a, in an interesting time for the convention center because you guys already were working on a modernization plan. So how has COVID and all of this kind of affected that? Mike, no, just if I may just kind of lead off there and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you. You know, bottom line, you know, is that uh, prior to this, Mike and, and the team and the authority had a, a great plan put together, a capital improvement plan of uh, $557 million uh, that would provide us with the leverage that we were already in a position of need on. But the bottom line is that even post-COVID-19 or especially post-COVID-19, competition is going to be extremely intense. And this is where all of the efforts uh, with the renovations and the initiatives that uh, that are being worked on uh, or work to be accomplished uh, at the center will provide not only New Orleans, uh, not only the center, but New Orleans and the people of New Orleans an advantage over um, the markets that we compete against. So uh, coming in was was uh, interesting for me to see all of the groundwork laid and uh, the, the perfect timing that uh, that we have now to capitalize on this opportunity uh, is definitely going to be something that is 
necessary to make sure that we um, are able to position ourselves in uh, in in the most competitive way against markets uh, uh, where they may have uh, centers that are newly renovated or newer centers. Uh, now it's is the opportunity to really capitalize on. But uh, Mike can talk uh, in detail about some of the work that's been done or some of the work that's in the pipeline. Sure, you know the 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 biggest project and really the one that's had um, that's been going on for quite some time is the renovation of Convention Center Boulevard. You know. Providing a safe operating environment is key and critical to any convention center's operation. And uh, you know, I dare say that the, the situation that existed in front of the convention center with the uh, former convention center boulevard was less than uh, less than ideal, you know, in bringing uh, uh, visitors to, into the center. Uh, it wasn't a very safe uh, ingress into the building. But today, as people have noted, if they've been over to our area, you'll see a very different experience, uh, two lanes instead of four lanes and a, and a pedestrian park, a linear park that really uh, runs from Poydras all the way to Henderson Street and uh, really gives us an opportunity to welcome visitors and even locals into a linear park that is most inviting. And that's about a $60 million project out of the 558 that's in our plan. So that'll be wrapping up by the end of the summer. And then it'll be finally complete, including art installations, you know, early next year. And uh, so, you know, that's one of the larger projects. On the interior side, we had projects that were slated. We're redoing all of our restrooms. We're making some upgrades to the uh, interior areas that are most used by our guests. The plan that we have is that we have an architectural group on board who is uh, designing for the future, taking into account what the post-pandemic uh, expectations are of our customers. And so we're looking at all of our meeting rooms. We're looking at our public areas. We're looking at spaces that we can create uh, on the outside, frankly, you know, that open onto the linear park and enhancing them to where they can be used for outdoor meeting space. You know, the social distancing piece of all of this you know, it's taken on a new meaning for how we do meetings and our customers are looking to us to provide them with innovations that they can uh, ultimately uh, uh, include in their programming when they're planning their events. And uh, and certainly, you know, it's important for them to be able to, to tell the attendees that they're going to be doing this in a very uh, safe and inviting environment. You know, in particular, you may have read uh, recently, it's been reported about our uh, being uh, one of the first convention centers in the country to achieve an accreditation by the Global Bio-Risk Advisory Council. You know, if you think about it, we wouldn't want to bring our employees into an environment that wasn't safe. And uh, so we've been working uh, very diligently in enhancing the safety and the sterilization and the, the freshness of our building, not only for our internal customers, our employees, but really to get ready to welcome people into the future. So we've achieved that accreditation. Again, one of the first in the country to do that. And that really is the gold standard for uh, providing a, uh, a safe uh, environment for hosting conventions. So much more to come on that as we develop our design plans into the future. And our expectation is that uh, uh, by the end of, of uh, 2022, that most all of those components uh, uh, renovations will be completed and we'll be able to compete much more effectively in the future. And you've been helped out by some recent legislation the state has passed um, regarding liability. Sure. Jerry, I'll let you speak to that. Yes, of course. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we've been finding is at the federal level, uh, they're working to pass legislation that will protect um, uh, meeting planners, uh, convention planners, 
and, but one of the things that we found in Louisiana is that we've already gotten ahead of that with uh, Act 336, which provides a limitation of liability for meeting planners. And what that does is uh, provides the, the meeting planners with reassurance that uh, there's a limitation of liability to them in particular. But also, you know, what it does is reassure them that we are ready to do business, that we are going to do all we can to ensure that everyone is safe and that uh, the environment is one in which we've done all that we need to do to make sure that all of the safety protocols have been taken. But uh, really what it does for us, uh, not only at the convention center, but really as a, an industry, as a destination, is really provide that, that overall reassurance to meeting planners as they're looking to do future business. Great. Um, so now what about the hotel? I know last year you guys um, – got a, a approval um, from the state to build a 1200 room hotel um, where's that at well the the conversations with the hotel developer continue obviously because of our role in uh, pandemic recovery you know we uh, we basically uh, uh, paused those discussions but uh, we firmly believe as of the does the developer that a headquarter hotel is something that's needed in New Orleans it's one of those things that most every convention center that we compete against, and frankly, some that we haven't in the past, all have developed in their location. So the vision for having a headquarter hotel attached to the convention center still exists, but uh, we're waiting until uh, a time when it is appropriate to resume those conversations. But so we, we still intend to eventually uh, make that a reality. Wonderful. And, and if I may just elaborate just a little bit on that, is uh, you know, the, the team has done a great deal of work in, in research and in understanding what that can leverage uh, for the city, not only for the center, but for the city. And having a headquarter hotel uh, is definitely something that um, uh, we've found in a lot of our top competing markets that could be a difference in decision making. And as we mentioned earlier, in terms of being competitive post COVID-19, uh, this is one of the areas where there's opportunity. Uh, and as Mike mentioned, the, dis the discussions continue, uh, but it is something that um, we found that uh, can make uh, the difference between uh, gaining a piece of business versus not. So uh, it is something that is still definitely uh, in the works. And, you know, timing may be, may be right at this time to have those discussions uh, so that we can make sure that we're built for the future. Great. Um, and, and talking about the future, as far as getting up and, and running again, you guys are looking for basically phase three um, to, to come into play before that's a possibility. Is that correct? Sure. As you know, uh, in phase two, we're very, very limited to be able to not only have meetings of any size and magnitude, but uh, but frankly, you know, it, it's difficult to uh, uh, have a full experience of New Orleans with the restrictions that are currently in place. And our customers are looking for that full experience. You know, uh, They have these annual conferences and people come from all over the country. They need to feel safe in traveling to the destination and, uh, and know that they're gonna have uh, a full experience when they get there. And I think that, uh, that the restrictions that, that exist today aren't conducive to that, but certainly are much better in phase three, Jerry. No, I would completely agree. It's it's one of those things that uh, it's the reason why folks choose New Orleans as a destination uh, is to be able to have that full experience, an immersive experience. Uh, and in fact, a lot of what's being done at the centers is encouraging that immersive experience 
So phase three would allow, you know, th that experience to be uh, something that the guests leave here satisfied with or the clients leave here satisfied with and hopefully with a desire to, to come back and do future business with us as well. So what, what does phase three look like for you guys? Do you know what the parameters are for that? Well, our expectation, of course, is that uh, that uh, that we'll be able to have gatherings uh, beyond the current restrictions, which are, you know, literally in the hundreds uh, versus the thousands that we need. Right. And right. certainly, uh, you know, the restrictions that you have in in, uh, in bars and in uh, in restaurants, you know, those are things that aren't conducive to having a, uh, a successful convention overall. But have they set out the numbers of what that would look like? You know, I think it's an evolving thing, okay. uh, very mm -hmm. fluid. So we're monitoring that so that we can pass on that information to uh, the clients that we're in dialogue with. But uh, I don't know that there's any exact set thing yet. And we depend on the governor and the mayor to, to give us those guidelines that we can communicate to our clients. Great. Um, so the, and the convention center now, it's is it? 35 years old? Yeah, originally opened up in 1984. So this is actually our uh, uh, going into the 36th year. Uh, uh, enormous impact since the convention center has been open. Uh, you know, billions of dollars in impact to the community. Uh, one of their true economic engines and most successful um, uh, enterprises that's ever existed in New Orleans. And so we're trying to do everything we can to enhance that for the future and make sure that it continues to be successful. So we're, we're overdue for a modernization. No question about that. You know, we did have a big reset during Katrina. We did some renovations to the building. Obviously there are others that during the time when we were not able to make significant reinvestments in the building, other markets did. They weren't in the same position that we were in. But now, because we have managed our reserves effectively, we have the resources and we have the vision to make sure that we return to a much more competitive position. And on that note, I know, I mean, that's kind of been the hope is that when things do open up, and, and I think that that'll be the reality, um, that you will start to see this flood in travel and just people just, I mean, everybody right now is kind of making their dream list <laughs> that I know of, of where they're going to go, what they're going to do. Sure. And so you've got the, when, when everything opens back up is you guys are basically priming yourselves to, to be a, a, a good destination for that. Um, do you, how do you feel about the future going forward? Cause there has been some huge losses. Do you think that's something that we can start to make up again? Well, if, if, if I could touch on that a little bit, uh, you know, travel is significantly down. You know, U.S. travel projects that domestic travel in 2020 will, will have declined by 30 percent and also projects that international inbound travel will decline by 64 percent this year. You know, obviously, with regards to the center and and, uh, you know, the the nature of the business and the, the conferences that we host uh, being worldwide, uh, that is a significant impact. Uh, but uh, at the same time, to your point, uh, it's it's really about laying the groundwork for being prepared for a post-COVID-19 environment. And um, obviously nobody you know knows what the future will hold, but we do know that there is a, a significant amount of pent-up desire to travel. Uh, you know, there's been research done on that uh, as well. Uh, most of that being domestic, most of that demand right now being domestic, but 
really once uh, there is a vaccine, once we, we are able to um, uh, reassure customers from a travel perspective that things are safe, uh, there will be a flood. Uh, there will be uh, a, a desire to do business in person, a uh, desire to, to gather in conferences and trade shows. Uh, there's also been research showing that as well. So it, it is important to leverage uh, or utilize the time we have now to create uh, a, a demand for spe specifically for New Orleans and we do that by making sure that we do all of the right things in the center to prepare ourselves for the future and for future success. And, and if I might add, you know, uh, New Orleans is always going to be at the top of the, the list for desirable locations for conventions and conferences. No question about that. You know, we're working with New Orleans and Company, who is our, our business partner who does bookings for the entire city. And we just re, we just rebooked the International Association of Chiefs of Police for uh, October, uh, um, or actually September of uh, 2021, and which there was, you know, it wasn't a small feat to be able to do that. The meeting will is going to attract over 10,000 people, and normally, you know, that would be several years out in the lead time. We booked it in less, you know, just over a year's lead time, you know. Um, and and another group that we're working on for February of 2021, we haven't announced it yet, but just the fact that people want to come, they want to get back together, and New Orleans is at the top of their list, the places they want to visit. It just speaks to the confidence that people have in our ability to effectively host conventions. Well, it sounds like you guys are doing everything possible to make this a success when everything opens back up again. So I was very excited to, to speak with you both. And... Um... If anybody has any questions, I guess we post them, uh, push them to your website. That'll be fun. <laughs> All right. Um, so thank you both for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for, for listening to the newest episode of Biz Talks. Thank, thank you, you so much, Kimberly. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at BizNewOrleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.